this is a pretty cool testimony. Uh, today is the 26th of February, and uh, I've been up since about 5 o'clock this morning. It's 9.26, so aside of breakfast, I've been in the Word this morning for, you know, about four hours. And uh, I've really just been just overwhelmed with how much God is, is speaking to me. There's so much good stuff in His Word. I'm overwhelmed with the thought of, I want to teach this to people so much, but... In particular, the, the the cool testimony is yesterday I met these two ladies at Starbucks, and this lady asked me, so what do you do? Both of them did. And as one might imagine at this stage in my life, that becomes a pretty interesting story to try to tell. But um, I shared the lady, you know, what I'm doing, the story, and the online daily devotions. And she said, so like, are you charging for this? Are you, you know, taking donations? That kind of thing. And um, I thought it was interesting that she asked that. And the reason she asked that is because the first thing she wants to know is, is how are you taking care of yourself? How are you going to, you know, make money? And this is the same thing that Baldassar, uh, Brent, used to always ask me when I would bring up the idea of, you know, trust in the Lord for ministry and giving it away and he would always say mike you got you know you you got to believe in the value of this you can't just give this away for free you got to work you got to eat and all that of course this is the same argument that my my mom comes up over and over with she keeps saying you know i understand the ministry i understand the doing the work of the lord thing but you have these babies and i don't understand that so interestingly enough over the last couple of days it's come to my attention that i'm not going to be able to put up a a monthly subscription fee without paying a substantial amount of money and without resetting up a business. And there's some circumstances that are standing in my way that are going to prevent me from having an online subscription where people can pay monthly. So I've been trying to figure out how to, what the best way is to work around that. And um, I think it was last night I said, Father, you know this issue. This is no surprise to you. And so instead of me trying to figure it out, instantly I just looked down and I saw 212. Thank you, Lord. Instead, I brought it to the Lord and said, Father, you see this. What would you have me know or think about this? And what would you have me do about it? I never really got any answer. So there was a couple of times last week or even the week before where I've been seeing 919 a couple of times, which is basically don't get ahead of me. Numbers 919. I've been wondering what the Lord is trying to tell me. I'm like, Father, what are you telling me? Am I getting ahead of you in doing these daily devotions? You know, am I getting ahead of you in what the message is? I've been really kind of confused about that because I don't know what he's telling me and I was like is this about you know what is this about because I feel like he's encouraging me well then I would see 811 finish the work then I would see 313 every single day uh, multiple times a day the last couple of days when I was working on these videos I was seeing 313 like God is totally confirming Hebrews 313 keep doing the videos keep doing them but then I'm going the 919 what does that mean Lord you know what do you, what, what am I getting ahead of you in so today's, February 26th, I think I now know what the Father has been showing me. It's amazing. Sometimes it takes a while to get the answer. I have terrible sinuses today. My allergies are just acting up like crazy. But February 26th, have you ever said to yourself, I'm impressed with the wonderful truths of God's Word, but He can't really expect me to live up to that and work out all those details into my own life. When it comes to confronting Jesus Christ on the basis of His qualities and abilities, our attitudes reflect religious superiority. We think his ideals are lofty and they impress us, but we believe he's not in touch with reality. That what he says cannot actually be done. It's funny, I read this because my first thoughts were I have a, a video where I talk about when I first read the Beatitudes. I used to always think that 
You know, that's impossible. We can't live up to that. Now I know different. He goes on to say, Each of us thinks this about Jesus in one area of our life or another. These doubts are misgivings about Jesus as we consider questions that divert our focus away from God. Listen to this. While we talk of our dealings with Him, others ask us, Where are you going to get enough money to live? How will you live and who will take care of you? Well, I almost started cracking up when I read this line. It says, Our misgivings begin within ourselves when we tell Jesus that our circumstances are just a little too difficult for Him. (laughs) We say, It's easy to say trust in the Lord, but a person has to live. And besides, Jesus has nothing with Him with which to draw water. No means to be able to give us these things. He's making reference to the woman who says to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw the water with, and the well is deep in John 4.11. This last paragraph is pretty awesome. It says, My misgivings, it says, um, We have misgivings about Jesus, and our pride hurt is hurt even at the thought that he can do what we can't. My misgivings arise from the fact that I search within to find how he will do what he says, meaning we try to figure out in our own understanding how the Lord will do this. And uh, interestingly enough, my Bible is now open. My memory just served me well. My Bible is open to Proverbs 3, and before me is the underlined verse, chapter 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So he's saying, my misgivings arise from the fact that I search within to find out how he's going to do what he says he's going to do. My doubts spring from the depths of my own inferiority, meaning our weakness, our limitations, we seem to somehow or another put that on Christ. We're thinking in the logic how to solve a supernatural problem or a supernatural you know, call to obedience in something. So he says... If I detect these misgivings in myself, I should bring them into the light and confess them openly. Lord, I have misgivings about you. I have not believed in your abilities, but only mine. And I have not believed in your almighty power apart from my finite understanding of it. So, I feel like what the Lord is showing me, and here he is directing my paths. He's making my circumstances such that unless I try to overpower him, or try to take matters into my own hand and become self-sufficient, then it's not going to be easy for me to be able to set up the monthly subscriptions. And I believe God is telling me no. I believe he's saying you need to trust me and I will provide because I can see here, here's the weakness in this, is that if you become dependent upon that monthly regular paycheck versus I've asked the Father to show me how to live with zero dollars in my account, meaning I'm always giving it away, I'm always having enough Because he supplies me from check to check, not because I have this abundance of money sitting in a bank account and I no longer need to pray to the Father or be dependent upon him. Because this is what happens. I'm realizing all this going, okay, I think, you know, I've told the Lord that I'm not going to ask anybody for money. It's totally trusting him just like George Mueller has done. And I feel like the Lord has just given me clarity on this. And... This is so in line with everything else he's been teaching me. If I look at the situation in court, you know, I've not only seen this once, I've seen it literally over a hundred times. He would tell me in advance of what would happen. And then I've seen two major deliverances where I didn't have to do anything. And in fact, the first time my acting or trying to add something to it delayed the delivery and got in the way. The second time, I literally did not speak a single word. It was like God showed me. When I tell you I'm going to deliver you, I don't need you to put your human finger on it. I have got this. 
your work is to trust me. And I look at the same thing with Laura. You know, there he's telling me, wait, I'm going to do this. You're not going to do this. It isn't going to be because you send an email. It isn't going to be because you say the right thing. It's going to be because I set it up. You trust me. And the same thing with the fruit of the ministry. He's telling me, don't trust in you and your ability to communicate. Trust in my spirit. Don't try to promote this thing. Trust in me to promote it. And he's telling me now it would only make sense the same thing with the finances. It seems logical. Yeah, well, no, you got to have regular monthly income. You got child support. You got this. And I feel like God is telling me, no, you have better than regular monthly income from people or from a subscription service. You have me. I know when your bills are due. I know how to get money. I'm not restricted to a deadline that the IRS says. And if you have late penalties, I have enough money to pay 10,000 years worth of late penalties. Trust in me. Not in man, not in a monthly subscription. So this is the word that I feel like after I've been pressing in and pressing into the Lord today, this is what I feel like I've gotten. And it, like I say, it just is so in line. It seems more and more God is asking me to trust Him for the impossible in an impossible way in every area of my life. He's asking me to trust Him like I don't know anybody that's been asked to trust the Lord. I mean, Reinhard Bonnke, George Mueller, yeah, but I don't personally know anybody that has been asked. I'm in territory that I don't have a single friend that's ever been in. I cannot think of a single person I know that is in the territory or has even ever walked the first step in this territory of total dependence. I mean total with all capital letters on God. Not like, well, you trust and you have a good attitude and then you do your part. No, it's like God is telling me, dismiss yourself from the process of trying to deliver yourself or to produce fruit or to live. Totally dismiss yourself from it. Totally pursue, seek and delight yourself in me and I will take care of. Just like Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. This is what God has shown me to be to, to be faithful in my life. I mean, everything, down to meals I eat, down to getting gas money to get back from Florida, down to, you know, being able to have money to get down to court, being able to have last-minute child support payments, being able to pay my phone bill at the last minute. I mean, he just continues to show himself faithful. People would look and go, who the heck would want to live like this? Just like they said to George Mueller, and I'm sitting here going, man, I get to be delighted in God's deliverance about every couple of three or four days. He does something to show me, I'm with you, I got this. So I have to think to myself, do I want to live the next, say, five years going, yeah, great, man, our subscription fees are up. You know, we're up to 6000 a month or we're up to 3000 a month, whatever it is, and I got this, like, nest egg. I could totally see myself relaxing. I could totally see myself becoming less dependent upon God, and that's what I have asked him to not let happen. I've asked him to never let me be in a place where I feel like I no longer need Him. I always want to be dependent upon Him because one of the greatest joys I have experienced is Him walking with me in my weakness, in my poverty, in my brokenness. Him being with me is the greatest treasure I have. Him showing me these numbers, Him directing my path, just knowing that He's with me is the greatest treasure I've ever had. And I just tell him, don't ever give me more than what will make take me away from being dependent upon him. I always want to be dependent upon him. I don't ever want to lose that feeling. 
And, um, you know, I can just tell by how emotional I'm getting. This is exactly what the Father is asking me to do. He's saying, throw the dice on me. Cast all of your cares, all of your needs, all of your worries on me. Cast all of them. The Bible doesn't say cast some of them. Does He doesn't say give me 50%. He doesn't say give me 75 He doesn't even say give me 90 He says cast all of your anxieties on me because I love you and care about you. And uh, so I think I now have clarity on this. I think I now see why God's been showing me 919. Don't get ahead of me. I get it. And it's interesting. I thought I would see it this morning and I didn't. Because I got the message. So now I feel like God is telling me, look, yes, it's a lot of work. Yes, it is a tremendous amount of time. But do this. Go ahead. Start putting these videos out there. I am blessing this. Uh, I am with you in this. I mean, I have to remember what I felt the day I was on that mountain with God. I felt a release in my spirit. Like this is what God had designed me to do for such a time as this. This is what my calling is. This is the um, intersection of what I love, what I'm good at, and how I've been gifted. And how I will best give God glory and serve other people is in this way. And so, you know, the question, the only reason I wouldn't do this is how do I survive? How do I pay for my children? Well, if God has called me to do that, then He has to take care of it. He's been doing this. For over 6,000 years, he knows how to provide. He knows how to bring rain. He knows how to provide food. He knows how to rain food from heaven. And really all I need is a place to live, food to eat, and be able to pay for my children's support. And God is providing all of that. I mean, it's been testy at times. I'm a little behind on support and all that stuff. But um, I know God allows that for a reason. So I don't exactly know why. I have some presumptions about it. But anyhow... So I feel like today is a major break. I feel like today is is given me a release to just go and I have to just trust that God will move upon people's hearts to donate. After all, there may never be the first person to donate, but God may have some completely random person step up and donate $5,000 or $10,000 and that pays my bills for five or six months. Who knows how God can do it? All I know is I need to not limit him by my ability to try and understand it. I am reminded today of, it's almost like you have to become gullible in order to walk with God. That's really almost a logical way of explaining it. You have to almost become so simple-minded and so childlike, just like Jesus says, unless you become like one of these children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You literally have to believe um that God is at work and takes care of these things. And you have to resist the idea of, if it's to be, it's up to me. I have to take care of myself. Nobody else is going to do it for me. i got to take the bull by the horns. i got to slaughter it. i got to kill it. i got to clean it. And God says, no, I have a different way for those who trust. So, he's still teaching me so, so much. It's really amazing. So, um... Anyhow, I just wanted to capture this and feel I feel a release in my spirit. It's funny, I had to I had to read that devotion twice, once at five o'clock in the morning and once at nine forty. I've been in the word for four hours this morning and I had a breakthrough. Some people will sit and, and listen to the word for five minutes. I was in it for four hours in order to get a breakthrough this morning.
this idea for a message to start off the um, faith and love project, basically. And it's, there's a movie clip in Faith Like Potatoes where the guy is talking about your faith needs to have weight and skin to it, like this potato. I want to show that clip, and I want to ask people, does your faith have weight to it? Is there experience to your faith? If you were invited to sit on a couch next to Oprah Winfrey and you declared your faithfulness in Jesus Christ and you declared your uh, commitment to the scriptures and the holy, inerrant word of God and she said, well, but there's many ways to God. And you said that the purpose of life is to glorify God and she said, no, but the purpose of life is to help other people by finding your true higher self. Would you be able to stand against her argument based on experience? Does your faith have weight to it? If Deepak Chopra told you that there is no such thing as an external God, that we are all gods and we have to get out of our own way to find it, would your faith go beyond the paper that it's written on? If Richard Dawson, the famed author of The God Delusion, told you, Mike, you are... Um, you're delusional, man. I know that you have this hope that there's a God. I know that you desire there to be a God, but there isn't one. Would your faith go beyond the paper that it's written on? Would you have something to stand on besides, Jesus loves me, this I know because the Bible tells me so? Do you have evidence of your faith that supports your belief? If an alien landed in your backyard and said to you, listen man, 10,000 years ago we came by here and sprinkled some cosmic pixie dust. You are an experiment. There is no God. We are your creators. Have fun. Do what you want. There is no real meaning to life other than the fact that we wanted to have some fun with you. Does your faith have weight to it? Does it have experience? Do you have proof and a good strong why behind why you believe what you believe? i got to come up with a tagline like that. You know, does your faith have weight to it? Something like that. I need to come up with, with, with some kind of a, a tagline about that. And then I want to explain to people that if you see my story, you will see I have this kind of faith. Can you imagine an Oprah or a Richard Dawson or a Deepak Chopra or a Dalai Lama or an alien spacecraft trying to refute Moses' faith after seeing the burning bush? Can you imagine any one of those characters having a conversation uh, with, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and trying to tell them that their faith is a joke after they just walked out of a burning pit completely smoke-free? Can you imagine telling that to Moses when he stick, stuck his, his staff in the, in the, in the river, in the, the sea, in the river, and the, the waves parted? Can you imagine telling this to Joseph when he was set free from a prison by a dream he had, he was able to interpret, and then he becomes second and highest in command. He goes from being a slave in a dungeon to second highest in command. Can you imagine telling that to Ruth after she has lost her husband? And ends up being poor, destitute, in a place that she doesn't know anybody, and God sends her the very best man. Can you imagine being this to David, and uh, and trying to explain away taking down the, the biggest giant in all the land with a slingshot and a rock, and saying God doesn't exist, it's just a bunch of divine energy, we're all just a bunch of particles, just energy, there's no real God. Can you imagine Solomon? Can you imagine Elijah? standing in front of 400 prophets of Baal 
and calling down fire from heaven after he taunted those that believed in a fake God and watching fire come from sky and devour. Can you imagine telling him God is not personal, God is not real, God is a cosmic force, there is no God? My friend, if you cannot say the exact same thing, you do not have faith. You have paper faith. Any preacher that will ever tell you don't base your hope on experience but put your hope in faith alone is a guy who was overbaked in seminary school and does not know God. God intends for you to know him. When Jesus Christ says, I tell you the truth, any man who loves me, my father will love him and I will love him and we will come to him and make ourselves known to him. Earlier he says, I will show myself to him. If Jesus Christ shows himself to you, if God and his, and his son Jesus Christ come and make their home with you, that qualifies as an experience. You will know God in a way that no alien landing in your backyard, no sitting as a guest on Oprah Winfrey show, no Deepak Chopras, no Richard Dawson's, no Dalai Lamas could ever talk you out of believing what you know. If you do not have that, you need that. I want to show you how to have this kind of faith. And I'm not only going to show you, I'm going to demonstrate it for you by walking in it real time. I have an unbelievable story that I want to tell you that God has given me permission to tell that will build your faith beyond what you can get by simply reading the Bible. It will challenge you to believe God for the impossible in your life. It will challenge you to seek Him and find answers for your life that you've never found. It will challenge you to obey Him like you've never thought obeying. It will challenge you to believe Him like you've never believed. And you will begin to experience and you will end up with a faith like mine, maybe even stronger, where you, you no longer believe the Bible simply because it's written on paper and because a bunch of people gather each week and talk about it being real. You will know through personal experience that God is real. And from that moment on, you will be changed forever. Your life will never be the same. You will be transformed by the experience of knowing God. I am praising God. Today is one of the happiest days I've had. Actually, I think today is the happiest day I've had in the last three years. I am so excited. God is so faithful. And, um, and I'm, oh, Lord, I'm going to get through this without crying. <laughs> I'm so excited. Today is February 28th. It is two months and eight days after... I put up my story video. I have prayed every day. Every single day. I may have missed one or two days praying that God would bring fruit in this ministry. I have been waiting for everything to break. I have been waiting for resources that he told me he's going to supply that haven't come. I've been waiting for a, a beautiful wife he has shown me will be mine who nothing has moved forward on. I've been waiting for salvation, somebody to pray the prayer through the video, through the gospel, and it just <laughs> happened today. And the most awesome thing is that I had just received the most evil accusatory email that I have, I have probably received in a year from my ex-wife. I had <clears throat> responded to a question she had about child support. I explained to her the reason why I'm a little bit behind uh, this month and I haven't been able to get caught up on the, the summertime fees they want me to pay from last year is that I'm transitioning from one ministry to another, but God is faithful. Please understand, I don't want to just pay you
I want to pay you more than that. My heart is to take care of you and the kids, but God has had to crush me of my self-sufficiency. And I love you in spite of the fact that you have said all these mean things about me. I forgive you. I love you. I pray for you every day as the mother of my children. Um, I have compassion on your father, even though he says these mean things. And she wrote me back just a very very accusatory long how I'm so non-Christian and let my words my actions speak not my words and da 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 just on and on and on and on and on and quoting scriptures to me um where I'm in violation of you know quote quote I'm in violation of all these things so it didn't sting at all. God had warned me twice. 6.16, Ephesians 6.16, put on, take up the shield of faith with which to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. So I did. So I got the email. It didn't sting. I replied back, um, totally unemotional, just to answer her one question, nothing about the other stuff. The next email I checked is a lady in Virginia, I think who sends me this email saying, high five, I just prayed the prayer. I don't know how it happened, but God guided me to your website via losing everything. I almost wanted to give up on life yesterday and didn't want to take another step. God guided me to your story. Your words and your story have spoken to me so much. And every scripture you said, it was like God was speaking directly to me. Praise God. Praise God, I'm so excited. I've just been I've been nonstop thanking God, thanking God, thanking God, thanking God. A check for $100,000 would not give me the same feeling that I'm getting right now from knowing that a person is going to be in heaven because of all of the hard work and because of God's faithfulness and because of God's faithfulness to me. It's just incredible. I'm going to get to know this lady in heaven. And she'll be able to come run over and high-five me and say, I'm here because you told me about Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm not. it's not because of me. It's because of what God did. But I'm just so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, God. The best day ever. My first known salvation. I have been begging, God, please don't tell me I did this for nothing. Please show me you're proud of my work. Please show me that your spirit is with me in this. So it just goes to show you that God's timing is the key. God's timing is the key. You have to wait for God's timing. I am so thankful, so blessed. It's amazing. Praise the Lord.